Daniel took the lead rope and led the mules to the tree where he had kept the water jug. Knowing mules, he didn't put the jug back where it had been. Hezekiah moved his head interestedly, looking at the pack mules and watching Seldom ride away on his bay horse. But he showed no inclination to move his feet. He never did until he was forced to. Daniel studied the bulging packs and tried to make out the vague aroma that came from them. It was somehow familiar, but mixed with the strong mule sweat, it was too evasive to identify. Curiosity nagged at him, and when the stranger was out of sight, Daniel went so far as to put a hand on the rope that held one canvas bundle. But he changed his mind. A man didn't poke where he had no business. He walked back to his and put him and the plow into service again, his mind on the stranger rather than on the job. He sensed that seldom had come from far-off places, and maybe was headed for far-off places Daniel hadn't even heard of, let alone seen. Daniel had no fear of work, and the plow handle fit his hands, but he had often thought it would be good just once before he settled finally into a harness and took up wife and land of his own to go out and see what lay beyond the hills that rimmed this valley, to see the lands from which the few travelers came perhaps even to see the mysterious western country from which the Comanches used to materialize, wraith-like, to strike suddenly and kill and burn and fade away again. He sensed that Milo seldom had been to these places, some of them anyway, and that his hands were not made for the plow. Briefly he envied the man as he had envied a couple of men in Hopeful Valley who had been in the thick of the battle with Sam Houston. They never talked about it much, They talked much easier about crops and horses and cattle and the like. Maybe that was the way of it for most men. One big adventure and they were ready to settle down for a quiet, steady life of hard work. Trouble was, Daniel hadn't had his adventure yet. He sensed that Milo seldom was a man given entirely to the kind of experience Daniel hungered after. Before long, he heard the crack of the long rifle. There was no second shot, which did not surprise Daniel. He suspected those keen gray eyes needed but one chance to look down the barrel and over the sights. By the time the stranger came back, the deer properly gutted and draped behind his saddle, Daniel had finished to the end of a row. The sun was still an hour high, but on such an occasion as having a stranger call, he doubted that anybody could fault him for calling it a day. He unhitched Hezekiah from the plow, climbed up onto his bare back and rode to the tree where the pack mules were tied. The stranger sat idly pitching up a flattened chunk of lead and catching it in his hand. It was the ball which he had used to kill the deer. Lead was not to be wasted, and a hunter usually made every effort to retrieve it and melt it to be poured for another day, another deer. Daniel said, You just shot once? Poverty makes a man a good shot. Takes coin for powder and lead, and precious little coin ever crosses my palm. But it's a fixin' to, my friend. What do you mean? Daniel knew it wasn't any of his business, but the stranger had opened the subject. Them packs there. They're going to open the door? I'm going to find out if getting rich spoils a man's shooting eye. You need any help? Daniel joked. The stranger took him seriously. Matter of fact, I just might. Was the right man to come along? Daniel stopped smiling. You didn't say which way you was headed. Seldom eyed him a moment in silence. Was headed for your house to find out if your kind mother would like some fresh venison.
Daniel took that as a sign that the subject was closed, and he didn't press it. But as he rode, he glanced back at those big packs, jouncing along on the quick-footed Mexican mules. He noted the easy, almost slouchy way seldom rode, as if he had been hatched in a horse barn. But if his riding was slouchy, his gray eyes were searching. Ain't nothing here you gotta watch out for, Daniel told him. Last Indian trouble we had was several years ago. Just a little bunch, hunting for horses, mostly. Them Indians ain't dissolved off the face of the earth, friend provost. Just because there's more settlement now than there used to be don't mean they won't show up again. More settlement means more horses. Indian, he always has a powerful want for more horses. I bet you've fought Indians. Ain't we all? Fought Mexicans, fought outlaws, fought bears and cougars. Fought sin, too. Life's an eternal struggle for the right thinking and the true believer.